Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today She read the script for Stranger Things and thought it was so incredible, she found a way to get an email to the Duffer Brothers, and in it she wrote, I don't care if I'm in season one or season four, but I really, really want to be a part of this project. Well, she's in all the seasons. Welcome to my conversation with Caravano, part two. I actually, yeah, I was doing pilot season out in L.A., which... It's so people, much fun. People who know your podcast, well, I guess we'll have heard about, you know, we've talk, talked about pilot season, you know, that it's all year round now, but there was a time, there's a time of year, all the pilots get cast and most people go to LA and you have so many auditions. And, and no possible way to learn all the material in yes. the time they're asking you to. But it feels so hopeful. You've got, yeah. i got to get one of these things. Yeah. I read for 7,000. Yeah, read for 7,000. And there would be many pilot seasons where I didn't. And, you know, I have never – I got one – prior to Stranger Things, I'd only done one pilot. I've, only, I've been added to shows. Yeah. But I've never – I've tested them so many times, and I just thought, I can never get a pilot. What is this? Well, and, did you audition for the role of Faye? Yeah. So I was out there for for pilot season, and I actually had an audition in the place they were shooting – Mad Men. And um, I said, oh, this is, you know, I knew Matt Weiner from Sopranos. I said, 
Oh, was he a writer when you... Yeah, so he write. was... I don't know. I, so I was like the last character to be added as a series regular, and he was a, a writer. And we... I just liked Matt immediately. He was just he's funny. He's brilliant. And, and he was around when you were shooting. Yes, he was around. A lot of times the writers were around on Sopranos. I mean, it was really like a family. And and um, and I said, I want to just go visit. You know, I said, can you just tell Matt, you know, Carabono's here from Sopranos. I just wanted to say hi. And he came out. And I actually had dyed my hair blonde. I was really dark, dark black hair for the Sopranos and I, was, I had done a movie and he looked at me and goes oh he, people didn't really recognize me because it's such it was drastic black to black hair to this to my blonde and I, said, I just want to say hi I'm here doing auditions and he said hi how are you and I he, he told me he was working on the role at the time and was he like hey I might have something for you no no just there was nothing working on no, no I mean I knew they were writing the next season but right I'm a, just a huge fan of the show and I, I had a few auditions there, so whenever I was there, I'd go back and... Uh, and he was welcoming. Yeah, he was very welcoming, and he actually had me come in the writer's room one day. because come meet the writers, which later he told me was for them to kind of, you know, look at me a little bit and see. And I, I used to do this funny thing on, on Sopranos where I wanted to do a show called Pilot Season Girl. I like talk like this and she's like I'm an actress but she was really smart but she just sounded dumb but like she goes I studied at uh, Yale and I uh, going out to do TV because I really just want to do theater but I feel like I'll get a job in the theater once I get a hit TV show because then it, they'll cast me in a show <laughs> and I can do all the Shakespeare I want because I gotta get a hit show on the CW first so totally that was like my whole so thing so this is your SNL character and her name was Betty R. Davis, because Betty Davis was taken. And the R stood for Jessica. <laughs> so I remember he said, can you do pilot season, girl? I was like, I don't want to do pilot season, girl. in front girl. of all the writers? writers? That's mortifying. No. But I think I did, because I was still doing all the pilots auditions. And and that was it. I came back to New York, and I and just thought. And we're just puppets. What do we're you just want puppets. us to do? Come okay. on. You want me to humiliate myself in the writer's but room? Sure. I, I was really, I, I thought I was really going to do something with pilot season, girl. But that was, How do you we know, know now, you're not? Now I'd be Anything pilot season. Lady. Lady. <laughs> grand dame. Grand Remember? dame. That's what you wanted. Yes. It's all going to happen. Yeah. It's all happening today. Pilot season. Grand so you do a little um, stand-up. Yeah, a little stand-up. And yeah. then I go home to New York, and I actually thought, whatever, i Whatever. You know, nothing's happening. Did my best. Did my best. And then a week later, they said, there's this role on Mad Men. Would you fly back to L.A.? Her name is Pilot Season Girl. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> and I said, oh, of course, I'm going to go fly to L.A. They were like the audition, I think it was in two days or the next day. So I just used Miles, you know, and I went out and I didn't know what it was for. I, mean, I didn't know anything about it. Is it a top it. secret thing where like you only, did you only get your lines or you're allowed to see a script? No, no script, no, no description. Just, I had the Just scene. Just season, girl. What was the scene? Gosh, it was a lot of dialogue. I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. I think I, I didn't sleep or eat and. Was Sopranos as um, word perfect oriented as, as, the reputation of the Mad Men set is? Like, were you aware uh, I need to know it word perfect for this audition or were you not worried about it in that way? I knew f I knew for Mad Men that it's... It's, it's reputation. Word, yeah, word perfect, and which I love as an actor. I, if you do a project and they're like, this is an improv show, then I'm prepared. But I think writers 
kill themselves and stay up late at night and you're happy to learn ruin it their health to like yeah. pick the right words and I feel like I'm there for your words and unless it's so like it really doesn't make sense I really just don't ever really try to change you right. know I mean even on shows where they are more open to it because I I just really respect that writing process so much but yeah word perfect and I I just 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 don't don't shake like just so that's all I want yeah body don't fail me yeah and I think I think I were did there, it a few times were there other women in the waiting room yes it wasn't like so you weren't like oh my friend oh, Matt called they, me and they, Matt wants me to come in and read and gee it's me and two other people there were I remember there were quite a few people there and then when I came out there were even more waiting like, wait <laughs> so, a minute they're, I mean I mean not multiplying not like you know some auditions you know where you go in and you think wow everybody is here but it wasn't like three or four people, which, but you know, they've got they have a lot of good people to choose from, mm-hmm. and uh, I waited, and then I got the call, that I got the offer, and I. Did you know in the a, room? Did you feel good about it? The only thing I felt good about was that I felt I were I was so prepared that no matter what I did, I didn't walk. You have some of those auditions, you go, ugh. I'd never want to show my face again because mm-hmm. who knows, something happens and your mouth is dry. But I did feel like even if I don't get it, I did feel prepared, whether it was the right choice or, you know, I feel like I made the most of an opportunity. But I was still floored when I got it. I remember just jumping up and down and just, you know, still so nervous. But then I had to go do the job. What was it like doing that job? I wish I had better words to describe it because it was an absolute dream come true because it was – you could just get to work and you surrendered. You surrendered to the hair and makeup department. They tr- transformed you beautifully. The wardrobe was just – Impeccable. Amazing. Like, you know, you do some jobs and you kind of say, oh, can we do this or look like this? Because you have an idea and you just kind of it, – it, it helped just the transformations that happened there. And then the writing was just so unbelievable and the, every, the caliber of everything. And I was amazed at actually how fast they, the shoot was that I think it was seven or eight days because I thought, well, to have this, you know, they must take two or three weeks an episode, but it was fast. Mm-hmm. And there weren't many takes. I thought they'll so do you it. came in and you knew your stuff and whoever you were acting with knew their stuff and they shot yeah. it and you moved on. But I just thought that they would have the luxury of time because they're madmen and it was just and also they were okay that was great let's move on and I thought really sometimes like a wide shot sometimes you get a few in a wide shot but it was just I was just floating on air every day I went to that set. You did a season. Mm-hmm. So did you live in LA that whole time or would you go back and forth? I lived in L.A. the whole time. I really like L.A. I'm a r- rare New Yorker that actually likes L.A. She's a girl from the Bronx from who the really Bronx. appreciates a little L.A. I like it. They got In-N-Out Burger. And yeah, the weather's delicious. nice. And I liked being in my car. So then so. did you have any suspicion on the planet that you should wake up and listen to Emmy nominations when they came out? Or were you caught completely off guard? No, I had no idea even that they were coming out or that I was even to be considered. Submitted. Yeah. No one told me anything about that. Like, I didn't even know how it worked. I didn't even know there was, I had no idea about the awards because 
I went when the Sopranos got nominated. I was like, here I am on the show, and they were taking me with them. And um, but I remember waking up and I had like 17 text messages, and I thought somebody died. You know, my phone was off, and I had all these messages, and I thought, oh my god, you know that panic? Yes, it's of a like, feeling. Something happened in New York because they're three hours ahead. Right, this is terrible. And they were like, congratulations, congratulations. I said, what are they talking about? And I and I was I was so excited. I was all alone. I rented a guest house for my really good friends. They weren't home. <laughs> My husband didn't answer his phone. He was busy, and I was like, "Yay for me! <laughs> Yay me!" I was like, "So I was nominated for an Emmy." <laughs> what was the category? Uh, outstanding guest actress. Yeah. So who knew? Like, there are lots of guest actresses. Yeah. They like focus on this one, and yeah. people got it. Yeah. They like what you did. Yeah. You're like, so, they like me. They really like yeah. me. So eventually, do you reach anybody or like? I did. Yes, and I think that night I rounded up some friends, and because I was out there doing. Um, a Lifetime movie with Rob Lowe based on that true story. <laughs> uh, the guy, the police officer who murdered his wives. 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 Plural. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wait. So. That's not, did Anne Bancroft p- play your mother in that or is that That's that another else? movie of the week that I did. Okay. I feel like I would get hate meal. Hate meal. I hate meal. I would get hate mail if I didn't spend a significant yes. amount of time talking about the phenomenon known as Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just started blabbing all about my... Why? This is... Because that's That's the opposite. That's exactly what this show is yeah, about. Yeah, I know. So I'm no. excited to... And it's incredible to kind of track where and how you began this. And it's such an incredible lesson in just... Keep moving forward and mm-hmm. do great work and be nice to people, which is your reputation. She does great work and she's really nice to people. And no one doesn't want that. Yeah. The Duffer Brothers, did you know these guys? Did you read mm-hmm. it and go, I don't understand what this is, but okay, I'm no, in. No, it's no secret that the pilot was originally called Montauk and it was going to shoot in Montauk, which I thought, oh, great. This great. Show's I shoot can in New sleep York. at home sometimes. And um, I read the script. And like a pilot is sent. It was a pilot. Like, yeah. yeah, like you know, you have a, you get an email and they're like, read for interest. We you know read. There's gonna be an appointment and uh, I loved the script so much. It's on the page. Yeah, my agent even said I, I called her right away. I wasn't even like yeah, let's go in. I said I love this project. I I want to be part of this project. Was Kat, was it a series regular role even the first season? No, the parents. Okay. Um, so originally, when I read it, I was interested in the role of Joyce, okay. of Winona Ryder. And they said, that is going to be, you know, there's Winona an opera Ryder. out and there's there's someone else. And I just thought, okay. And then I just thought, I there's this other mom. I said, I, I just want to be on the show. So I actually tracked the Duffers down because they weren't famous yet. No one knew who they were. They, and I, I did read that they were these young guys. And I sent them a message and said, you don't know me. I mean... I think you know that I'm an actress. I said, I'm an actress. These are some of my credits. You may be familiar with them, but I loved your script. And I said, I want to be on your show, whether it's season one or season four. I wrote a fan letter just saying I love your script. And, you know, whether it's there's something now or something later, I said, no, we, we know who you are. We loved you on, you know, Mad Men. And, and we're so glad you're interested. And, you know, we'd love for you to, you know, come in and audition for Karen. And there wasn't much to it on the page. I think I even read something else uh, that was more emotional that wasn't – that was You're in like, a future script. I, I auditioned with a John Guare monologue <laughs> yes. for LaGuardia. Can I – Can I do that like again? It's like bees in my hair. 
Yeah. It's good enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I, you know, it's I, I went on tape for it twice and then I Skyped with them and I, I just loved talking to them because they're smart and they have film references and I feel like a, a, a real affinity towards writers and and I just really related to them and are they like, geeky? Are they funny? Like, what were they both? When you Skype, is it yeah. both of them, like these twins together? Like, yeah, what? they're like. Do they finish each other's sentences? They don't interrupt each other, which is very. I've always noticed that's very interesting. They somehow are able to work together in like the most amazing way. That they just each say what they need to say, and they talk to each other about things and we talked about movies we talked about the writing process the idea of the show and um some inspirations for you know their inspirations that that they drew upon and and they were still writing more of the episodes and yeah i mean i guess i i think geeky is a compliment me too so yes because i feel like i'm very geeky and yeah, i totally get them nerds. when yeah. i got to columbia i lived on the one floor where, I was like in heaven. It was like all the engineers lived on my floor. I'm like, this is the best floor These ever. People. These are yeah. also my people. Um, so yeah, and then, and I think it, it was supposed to be a, a recurring role, and then they said, no, we need to make it a series regular. And I said, yeah, I mean, listen, yes. I just yes, want to you be do. on your show. And yeah, so I was just excited. And then, had the kids uh, already been cast? Were they matching you to your family or family so to that's, you? That's what took a long time. They. Carmen Cuba, who doesn't get enough credit, the casting director, you know, was finding all the t- the kids. So it took several months. So it took a while to put it together. And um, they were just always waiting, waiting on the kids, waiting on the kids before I would get an official offer. And I, I don't know if it was if it was a matter of looking who looked like whom, but they created these families. Yeah. And so did you just shoot a pilot at first or oh, was no, it, a it straight was, to series? Yeah, it was. Uh, Eight episodes. In and, Atlanta. In Atlanta. So It moved to Atlanta, yeah. Did you know David Harbour from New York Theater World, or was he a new person? Funny, he, David Harbour was a new person, even though we know a million, a million people. people in New York. And I knew who he was, of course, but we never met until yeah. we got to Atlanta. So I have such a teeny funny story, but a couple of years ago I was doing a play uh, at the West Side Theater on 43rd Street, and my husband would bring my kids in between yeah. shows on Saturday. Yeah. And there was a park on 9th Avenue and 43rd Street, and mm-hmm. my son's name is Caleb. Yes. And I remember, this is like two years ago, we were in the park, and I called Caleb, and this little boy turned around and said, are you looking for me? And I was like, oh, no, is your name Caleb? He's like, yeah. And it turned out that he was in The Lion King. And he was yes. a kid, like a s- adorable kid, maybe with his sister. Yeah, his um, sister. Hanging out, playing in the park in between shows. And he was a couple of years older than my Caleb and uh-huh. so sweet to him. Oh, and they yeah. played together. And he was and then they were like, you know, I felt like someone called half hour and we all right. had to go back to work. And it was for my son, Caleb, the first time he met like a kid who was on Broadway. Oh. And he also was just so struck. That is the nicest person. Caleb McLaughlin is such a beautiful. Yeah. I mean, all the kids are amazing. Caleb and his sister, Caitlin, are so lovely. And their family, their parents. Amazing. Amazing. Do your kids want to be actors? 
You know, have they expressed I think interest? They are both incredibly creative people. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter writes these extraordinary songs that are so beyond her years. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before. Like she wrote this incredible song that is so heartbreaking about a breakup. And I thought, how does this 13-year-old, which is how old she was at the time, writing like the best country western song ever about wow. love. And I was like, Georgia, what is this? And it was like about the time her friend in sixth grade like ignored her. Like, you know, mm. those those middle school friendships oh, that yes. are devastating and you come yes. to school and like suddenly you're the one on the outs. Yes. It captured with this poetry and music exactly what I what you described when you were running sobbing because your boyfriend broke up with you it was the same feeling captured wow. in these lyrics and I thought oh it's all the same like whether your best friend in sixth grade has stopped talking to you right or this man that you love the essence like the kernel of that feeling yeah. is actually the same so she's a poet who sets things to music that are amazing but my son, who's a really great actor and can sing Mm -hmm. from what I've seen in, you know, Seussical Jr. and other things he's done. (laughs) My son has this savant-like talent for editing. Like he's an editor. Wow. And what's so – and and like a young filmmaker in training. And when I read about the the brothers who created your show and how they describe like, we want to go to summer camp. But I will say that I find your show very painful to watch because I watch it through the lens of Winona Ryder's character. And if God forbid something like that happened to my kid. And I keep saying to Caleb, like, how do you watch this without your heart in your throat? And he's like, I'm just wondering how many takes that took. Like oh, so, he protects so he, himself emotionally because he watches. He's it. watching it from a technical yes. point of view. I have no protective layer. Right, right. I'm sitting there going, "Okay, I'd be buying the Christmas lights, and I'd be trying yeah. to figure out where Will is, and yeah. I'd be an insane person." Oh yeah, I lost my daughter for I think it was about four minutes though, in in Brooklyn in a park in Prospect Park. Until this day, I remember that. I think I was in bed two days afterwards like post-traumatic stress because I, I literally – we had people shouting and looking for her. She would wandered off from a birthday party. So the and... fact that Stranger Things plays with that storyline and what Winona has to go through the entire first season yes. and then uh, no spoilers involved, but yeah. things lighten up for a minute. Aren't you glad you're, you're part of the Wheeler family? <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going to happen, but I do feel like – I don't know. I was – someone had written um, – Mrs. Wheeler is taking a bubble bath while everyone's kids trying missing. to – Kids are missing and they're fighting. The end of the world is happening. She's listening to Barbara Streisand reading her book. Everything's no, fine. But she has to be dewy and beautiful to open the door <laughs> right. for for young – is it Billy? For young Billy. Yes, for Billy. Yes. Well, yes. that's why television isn't real life. Right. I mean, people have justified it that, well, it's the 80s and it's the 80s parenting where you didn't, you know, wonder where your kids were. You didn't really scour the basement after they were playing down there, you know. I really do want to call you sometimes on the show and say, is it still a good idea at night for children to be riding their bikes around town based on what has recently happened to their friends? That's what I always think. Based on, you know... All of the things that happen in season one, that they're all still living there. They, no one seems to be particularly traumatized by it. It's a lesson, isn't it? It's just, hey, just step back a little bit. You know, a van, you know, there's some government building there. And 
I wonder, yeah, I wondered though, because there's still sort of that shrine to Eleven in, in, in her basement, and it's still still there. There was a little scene where she goes downstairs and finds like... Where your character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think she probably just, I, I just, she, she suppresses a lot. She, she drinks her Chardonnay and she's just getting by. I totally understand you know, that. Just everyone seems okay. Were you a sci-fi or horror film? I mean, I mean, yeah. the thing that makes Stranger Things special is it's not just it's many genres yeah. kind of magnificently woven together. Yeah. With really good writing and tremendously talented actors. So it it's converged in all these wonderful ways. Were you a fan of any of those sorts of things before? Oh yeah. I I don't like gory horror things cuz when oh, I don't did, watch Stranger Things then. What, uh, uh, it's not <laughs> only at the end. The season two, there's like quite a bit of gore. But, but when I was younger, I did, you know, my brother and I used to sneak into these movie theaters and I thought it was funny. But now I'm older and I just, I don't, I don't want to see that gory stuff. I liked, I, like I loved E.T. I loved, Poltergeist was really scary to me. You know, one of the first movies Close I Close Encounters. Close was Encounters was great. I actually liked Jaws when I was small. I didn't find it scary. I just thought, oh, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, I still <laughs> stay away from that beach. I still can't go in the ocean, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I you know those were movies I loved. I remember waiting in line when you had to wait in line to see a movie. I waited in line to see ET, and I wore glasses. I had like big orange glasses, and I remember crying and having to take my glasses off, but trying to keep them on so I could still see the screen. You know, at the end and. I also like – I think what the show does really well is that it crosses generations. So people who are nostalgic who live through that go, oh, they really captured that quite well. And then for the younger kids, it's it's very compelling and entertaining. They love the characters because I think the young kids do such a good job. Now, some people say, like, never work with kids or animals. And <laughs> obviously that is not a choice anyone has in the show. Yeah. So what – has that been like? I mean, I would imagine there's stuff. Obviously, they can only work a certain number of hours. Yes. There are certain rules about having children in a film. Yes. What has that been like to watch this unfold with um, them? Yeah, they have to do certain hours of school every day. You're like, I uh, love school. Uh, I did it in three years. I did it in three years. Listen. <laughs> Maybe a summer course. But I didn't like school up until college, so I'm... I'm not a good person to be promoting school, but uh, you have so many British people on your show. That's also, true. there are a lot of British people. Yeah, I I love kids. So, and I think also because I started when I was younger, I was the young kid on the set right. for a long time. When I think about where I am now and how old I am now, I'm like the older person and the mom, and I really love it. I love I love watching them. They're so they're such good actors. They're lovely kids. Do they have coaches? Do they all have acting coaches on set or do no, they just? No, there are no acting coaches on set. Um, you know, Gayton has come from the theater. He has a wonderful singing voice. I mean, Caleb came from the theater. I know. Millie, I was in the park Right? You were in the park with Caleb. Millie's been acting for a long time now. Um, different, you know, little parts here and there. And um, all the kids were, they had some pretty good credits already. Right. So. I mean, they're just really exceptional kids, and sometimes I forget how young they are, and I'm, I'm like, these are kids, you know? And Do you guys kind of curb certain kind of conversations, or do you feel like there's a sense on set with so many adults and crew, actors, yeah. and that, like, this is not appropriate conversation because there are kids on the set? I think there's some uh, cognizance about swearing and cursing and stuff like that, but it's 
the kids are there more than the adults. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of you're more used to it now. There's always a, a kid around. So even if they're not in that scene, they're on set because they're the majority of the story focuses around them. I remember when, I don't know where I was, but Neil Patrick Harris was there and we were talking about Lemony Snicket yeah. and how they kind of had to expedite shooting because the kids were getting oh, older. They were growing, getting older. And yeah. I wondered, is there any um, issue with that on your show or is it unfolding in real time so it doesn't matter or is there an attempt to keep them from growing? <laughs> <laughs> Did they sign There's a contract? There's a magic that... <laughs> potion happening. Um, I would like to give that to my daughter yes. and keep her five I would like forever. It for me. I wouldn't mind us, saying it. Right? <laughs> I feel really good right now. This is good. Your acne has cleared up beautifully, Thank by the way. Thank you very much. My nestle crunch has exactly. gone away. Isn't it? Um, there's so got to be a part of you that just feels like, take a look at me now. <laughs> like a little bit. A little bit. Um, do I feel... I, Can I say it for you? No, I mean, uh, I just feel so lucky. I I feel like I've been acting for, oh my gosh, like thirty years. That's a long career. People mm -hmm. go retire and yeah. go away, and I feel you should get a pension soon. I should get a pension. I just feel like Sean Levy, our executive producer, has a joke because we'd go do some awards things or events, and I go hi hi hi. He goes Kara, you know everybody. Everybody knows you. I said. I've been acting for 30 years as a child. So I've grown up with yeah. so many people. Yeah. and But that's the beauty I, of getting older. I yeah. mean, there's so many things that feel scary physically, but like look at the collection of amazing people you've acquired yes. along the way. And, and I think that's one of the reasons I love being on set with the younger kids. I love hearing, watching their journey. I mean, it's so different now because, I mean, they're also, you know, I was always just acting steadily. They're, you know, superstars now. They're, they're so famous and... Well, how does that change set life? I mean, I imagine there's more security, perhaps, but how do you see that um, affecting all of you? I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm quite like normal. I don't. I, I have a. I think I've always had a very uh, active other life. Like I work with our company, Liberty United, and I volunteer, and I've always been doing so many things. And I think I've been doing it so long. And you know, I think for the kids. They're ex they have extraordinary families. Their parents are all wonderful, mm. um, and they're incredibly down to earth. You know, they they enjoy it. They're so good to their fans, and they they're happy about it. And I mean, it sounds so idyllic, but it it, it is. I mean, they yeah, there's a lot more secrecy around. Like before the first season, you'll come In have lunch of, with me on the set. Right. Now it's like you can't. No one can come visit. Right. The well, set. you can if you're blindfolded, and right? Or earplugs, and we spin you around a couple of times. Right. Right. It's so much more that right. way now. But and do you sign like non-disclosure agreements? And are they sort of very worried about that? I haven't signed anything. I don't know. If, I don't. I think it's just sort of like. It's under. It's implied. understood. Yeah, like you don't want to lose your job, so sure you're, you're not going to go out and say anything about anything else. What is it like so. to be inside? And when did you guys realize? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is sort of you know Hamilton for Broadway, right? Like they're inside a yes. tsunami of something that became a popular culture phenomenon. Also, yes. So that's um that's what's happening with this show. It's Everywhere. I mean, I went to yes. Broadway Con, uh, not my thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, Comic Con. Comic -Con? Sorry, Broadway Con Comic -Con. is my thing. Yeah, Broadway Con is you know, there's thing something called that. Comic Con. It's like yes. Broadway Con, but yes. for people who like, yes. Yes. and uh, like the stranger <laughs> thing, like, it, you know, 
It was crazy. Yeah. I think, you know, when it came out last July, we were watching it and go, oh, it came out so good. And it looks good. I hope people watch it. And I couldn't go to the premiere because I was uh, in Germany at the time and I was all set to go, but I couldn't go at the last minute. And I think just slowly, like around Halloween, when there were people started dressing up like the characters. You and, opened the door and you were and like, like, that's and me. And like, there's 11. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like 11. And and then I think there was like um, some a lot of things about Barb and it started to like people started doing things and talking about it. And I think, oh, people are really liking the show and, and in a broad, in a really big way. And not just sci-fi lovers. Yeah. It yeah. It kind of broke through a barrier of what. Yeah people's tastes are and it's um, all encompassing in that way yeah it's nice though because of season one no one recognizes me i think i look quite different in real life so i would be kind of and again i'll bring sean levy back in this because i i saw him at an event and i was dressed up and he i go hey sean he goes hello like you know be polite and he goes oh my gosh kara you just look i don't ever see you offset and you without look so different and you know at the time with the brown feathered hair and you know i don't have as as big a role as you know all the other cast members. So for me, it's more like, oh, yeah. I mean, the season, I think, because of the bathtub scene. is. Don't you love that, though? That you don't have to also deal with such a huge life change every time you walk out the door? Yeah. It's nice because people love the show and people love to talk about it and people do... You get things happen nice in the restaurants, and there are all those like they're lovely perks. Don't get sure. me wrong, I and I very grateful for it, and I enjoy it. And any actor who tells you they don't is lying. But of course, then there's an other level where when the fans are really after you, and it, it it's it's it can be invasive. I don't have that experience. Um, you know, the kids are have these intense fans, and you know they handle it really well. And it's because of the fans that our show is so successful. And I think you know we'll never. We'll never forget that, and especially our fans in Brazil. Brazil loves Stranger Things more than any any other any other country. Shout out to Brazil. Shout out to Brazil. Thank you, Brazil. <laughs> I think there are some listeners in Brazil, yeah. actually. They're going to be very happy. Do you feel like this part and being a part of this is changing things for you, or did that happen more because of other parts in the past? Do you feel it? I think that, you know, being part of a very popular show is is always helpful because I think there's, um, you know, we were talking about when people are putting together a project, people have to raise money, right? And it helps when, if there's somebody on a popular show, it it's enticing to money people and all those things. So it does, it does help in that regard. Like, oh, you're on a list now. Yeah. And you're being considered in ways that you would still be before, but now it's like, oh, and like you said, luckily, I've been around, so people go, we really like me, and yeah. then it, it helps. And even my – so, you know, having been working for so long, I have friends who are now successful showrunners or directors, and, you know, take, everyone's it's worked really hard, and it's like, well, now maybe we can do our own things, and thinking about, which I think a lot of young people think about now is creating your own stuff. Mm-hmm. That's sort of something I'm, I'm thinking about doing as well. So how would you define success? And what would success look like for you? I think for me, success is doing what I feel very fortunate to do because I love it with being in a situation that removes the worry 
as long as possible of wondering when the next job is from a very practical standpoint. So success means I'm acting, I get to do what I love. I know that I've got a job for a while that may also lead to other jobs and I don't have to worry about practicalities in my life or providing for my family and things like that. It sounds very uncreative because, <laughs> you know, like, where's the artist in Kara? She talks so practically. But I think when I feel secure uh, in that way, I it allows me to feel more creative. Do you have a creative process? Yeah, I, I think that I did learn how to work on a play and break down the script. You know, when you get a play and you really pay attention to the words and it's so second nature now because I used to spend a long time writing things and notes and now it's almost... It's almost second nature, but it depends on the role. Like if it's like I just I did a movie, an independent film where I play a, a police, a New York City cop. And I did some ride alongs and I talked to some cops and I talked to some female cops. It's very different. And it's a topical movie. And, you know, so I wanted to make it as authentic as possible. And I think I just try to one of the things I love about acting is just, you know, you get lost in the pretend. There was someone who just said that they just pretend so deeply that you kind of get lost in it, but you don't really take anything from your life because if you really believe what's happening, it you get lost in it. So, you know, you like when kids pretend, they, they really are in it. And so I just try to let the script take, take everything from the script. Yeah. And um, if it's something really emotional, just kind of believe it like. My child, if my child was missing or somebody, the character died or something, I just try to like keep it really separate. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many amazing actors who like become the role, like Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, he, and then, but I think. He chopped off his left foot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the but way, is I, amazing. But I also think there are levels of actors that, and I feel good about what I do and I'm confident, but I do feel like there are levels that I will not reach, you know, like. Daniel Day-Lewis or uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Meryl Streep. I mean, it's almost like it's it's otherworldly what happens to them. And I am so in awe of that. Yeah, that spiritual level That's of like it. a spiritual yeah. level of it. And I, and it's, it's a level of artistic surrender that I, you know, if there was ever, you know, and it also depends on the role, like, would I love some role that is just requires me to go to places that, you know, we'd love that. And I think then you have an opportunity to see if you get there. Well, I can't wait so. to see that. But I also have to say, like, your journey, you're such an inspiration to me. Like, you're a worker, yeah. and you've been a worker for a long time, and you've never waited for an opportunity to come to you. No. And I can no. really track, like, the girl who snuck into the bathroom at the equity <laughs> lounge and the girl who's like, can I understudy, is the same girl who's like, I'm going to email these guys and, like, really let them know, aside from me being a name on a list of people that they're interested in or who are interested in them, like, I mean yeah. it. I mean yeah. business. And it can work or not work. Yeah. And I think... it's risky when you approach people directly. You're like, it's sure, going to be okay. I, and, uh, you know, you don't want to be invasive or – But, but your what have I got to lose sort of attitude has I just, really been – I just think you just don't want to look back on life. Like someone could say, curse me out and say, leave me alone, you know. But that's, oh, that guy cursed me out. But I don't want to look back on life and say, you always regret the things you didn't do, right? Yeah. So – 
I want to sit, you know, when I'm in the Actors Fund home in New Jersey. If we're lucky. <laughs> we're lucky and say, what would have happened if I sent a message or went up to that person in, pol- in a polite way, you know, and it could be a great story. It could be a very embarrassing, I, you know, but I feel like at least I I tried. I also had no other, op- you know, it wasn't going to happen any other way. I didn't have any connections. Like, I think if my daughter wants to be an actress now, if she has any talent. It e- might be a little easier. It'll be easier. We know people, right? I mean, that's how it works. My friend's doing a show. Oh, you need a 10-year-old girl. Of course I'll see her. I love her. I'll give her a chance. And if she's good, she'll have a way in. Yeah. That's just the way the world yeah. works. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's – I didn't really have have a choice. It's funny. It made me think of – I was a – there was an off-off-Broadway play. It was Nathan Lane. I don't even remember it. And they needed an assistant stage manager. And I was like, I can be an assistant stage manager. I don't know what I was doing. But I remember going and, like, helping – and it was this little tiny room, and I remember walking. That guy Nathan Lane is amazing. Yeah, he's onto something. He's onto something. Like wow. And I had to quit because of school or something. And but I remember thinking, he was, you know, this this was like nothing. I don't even remember what it was. It was didn't even register like in the theater world. It was that's how early it was. Right. So yeah, I pretended I was like an assistant stage manager. I know. I think it's amazing. Well, I am happy to come be your assistant stage manager (laughs) anytime, Kara. You're amazing, Alana. So so happy that we had this time together. It took much planning, and we did it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I I'm so happy to be here. I. I want to come back and talk about more things. You can. I want to interview you. All right. Let's do it. We can swap it. Let's do it. All right. So next time Kara's on the show, we will switch seats. Yes. And uh, uh, I don't know what I have to say, but I'm excited (laughs) to think about that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.